Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in, Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Uh, today I'm joined by a gentleman from Ladue High School, class of 2016. His name is Jackson Bennett Burkett, and he will be hosting Little Piddles Friday Six Shooter. That's right. Eight years since I've been in high school. It's kind of wild. 30 for me. Yeah. How does that make you feel? It shouldn't make you feel anything. It should make me feel weird. I'll get there one day. You know, I once was the young buck. Uh, ladies wanted to be like me, and men wanted to be with me. Mm-hmm. And now... Still I, the same, right? Just different age group. Yeah, I guess so. The same people that wanted to be with you then yeah, probably want to be like with you now. Brio after the family lawyer meeting scene. Yeah, but that's, you know, you can... You're adaptable. Right. Like you're good at wheelhouse and you're good at Brio. That's right. And everything right. in between. Absolutely. Wide delta. <laughs> Jackson, uh, you, I was like, hey man, if I need to put $35 out there for a deep dive today in a Venmo, I'll do it. And then you confidently came over the top and said, no, no, no. I like my Little Piddles Friday six shooter because I have two surveys. Not one, but two surveys. Two surveys. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what you're going to survey me on. But I am ready to be surveyed. Is this audience participation as well? Yeah, I, mean, I want the audience active, especially in that YouTube chat. But is the great ape auto detailing? Let me know. I don't know if I've been showing enough love to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. I mean, the Air Comfort Service text line is the foundation of this program. That's right. That's right. And it's what built us to what we are today. Amen. Which is, of course, the best. The, the most powerful one-hour midday yeah. show in mid-market radio. Yeah, uh, based in the central corridor, 100%. Thank you. Okay, well, Let's survey me. All right, we're going to start with hockey. We're going to start with the Blues. Well, getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, that's, but that's the best. No game to talk about last night? Nope, but we're looking. This is the, uh, the Little Piddles Hockey Outlook Survey, and here are the following questions for you. All right. Are you confident in the Blues' ability to contend in 2025? No. My reason being, I think this is a process, and I don't think they're going to veer from the process in order for short-term return. That's fair. fair. I also do not believe Buchnevich will be part of the team. Now, hold on a second. Let me ask you this. I assume you mean 2024-2025, yes. not 2025-like as right. in... Because right. if I said 2025... Like, you'd I'm, say 2026. Yeah, right. Okay. 2025. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I'm, I'm bullish on the young players, but I don't think the young players, most of whom are not playing or have not played yet for the actual Blues, but they're part of the organization. But uh, no, I, just, I think this is going to be a process. But I, li- I, I like it. I would be really confused if there wasn't any activity between now and next Friday in the trade deadline, and I just expect there to be. It'd be weird if there wasn't. Yep. I'm going to be in a tough spot. I'm going to the game tomorrow, uh, taking my wife and, and both of my sons, and I, of course, want the Blues to win, but kind of big deep down, I know that 
Big Probably picture better. might be better if they lost. I mean, yeah. at this point, again, I still think Doug Armstrong's mind's made up. I don't think he's going to, oh, they beat the Wild. Maybe I shouldn't. I think he's already made up his mind. Yeah. So you know what? Now I just decided I'm all full in on the Blues tomorrow. All right. And Pat Maroon will not be on the bench. Wow, you're actually bringing this up on Balloon Party. I thought you were going to keep this in our little septic tank down the hallway. Uh, Jackson asked me the question on TMA yesterday when I said, oh, Patty Maroon, he's hurt, so he won't be playing when the Wild visits St. Louis and the hometown hero makes his return. And then Jackson asked me if injured hockey players sit on the bench with their team. Yeah, like in like Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. Yeah, it's, it, it's done often in other sports. I just didn't know what the situation was. Bench is a little tighter real estate yeah, yeah. In, the, uh, in the game of ice hockey. Yeah, and there's it's a more dynamic bench, you know, with on-the-fly substitution. Sure. You know, that's some, I, I actually, I think all sports should adopt on-the-fly substitution. I think it's cool. Big big ups to hockey. All right, next question wow, in, in my Little Pills Hockey Outlook survey. What is that what the survey is? This is all hockey? This survey, yeah. I got a Cardinal one. Man. I got a Cardinal this one. This guy. I'm telling you. Do you think Drew Bannister is the right guy for the job for the foreseeable future? <sighs> my answer to that might sound like a, I'm going to give you an answer, but the, how I get there, you're just going to have to trust me. I always trust you. Okay. I think he could be... But if I had to bet, I don't think that's the direction it's going to be. Okay. And, and I, here's how I'm going to play the handout for you if you're interested. I am. You know the names of the two coaches with the Bruins and the Maple Leafs. Ooh. John and Dean Ellis, the brothers, the Ellis brothers. And one coach is the Leafs and one coach is the Bruins. Yeah, it's, it's the like Alex the Harbaugh's. Where in the hell did you even come up with that? It's the first things I could think of. John really, and like D- Glass, George Glass, yeah, Ellis, G- Dean Ellis. Yeah, John Dean Ellis. All right. Is that not the case? They used to. Those brothers okay. used to coach the teams right. back in the original six era. But now it's former Blues coach Jim Montgomery, assistant, former Stars coach from Patty Maroon, who will not be sitting on the bench in a suit tomorrow. Which, you know. You think he should? It's just show support, you know. If you're and he's a big glue guy, you know, big personality. I mm-hmm. think the the voice would really appreciate right. him being close to the ice. Well, then, like one of the defensemen's going to be falling off the end of the bench. Can he sit in like the little goalie seat that they have, where they wear a, a new era cap? <laughs> you know, you you ought to go down there and see if they can. I got to talk to the goalies about wearing that cap on the on between in the bench. That's a bad one. <laughs> I'd love to see that conversation. Here is my reasoning. I think they are going to go with. Uh, whoever loses the first round matchup between the Bruins and the Leafs, Jim okay. Montgomery, Sheldon Keefe. There's my play for you. You want to you want a dart? It's not like this is even money, but I'll give you a little dart right there. All How right. about that? Because I think whoever loses that is going to be under fire, even though Montgomery has killed it in the regular season there. Uh, and he won the Jack Adams last year. And uh, and in Toronto, you know, that's a that's situation anyway. And it is, it's not a guarantee that they play each other in the first round, but it's probably at this moment likely. And, uh, and so one of them's going out in the first round. That'd be another early exit for Montgomery. Uh, Keefe at least got him past the first round last year. But there's my play. There's my little dart for you that uh, Armstrong's going to go with a more established guy. Okay. Now you want me to put that in predictionary? Well, I mean, it's like, a, it's like I'm, I'm like naming a coach of a current playoff team okay. and on a damn good playoff team. I mean, the, the Bruins or Leafs could win the cup, but the point is because of the way the NHL playoffs are set up, they're going to play each other in the first round or they could very well. 
and there isn't going to be a whole lot of satisfaction from their fan bases if one of them goes out in the first round. Well, guess what, brother? If one of them plays the other in the first round, somebody's got to lose. <laughs> I like the way you said that. Yep. All right, next part of this uh, Little Pills Hockey Outlook survey, and feel free to... What a stunning development. Yeah, feel free I to mean, text in your question answers. after question of Blues questions. That's right. What are you doing here today? Bringing the Is this heat? like your way to apologize for the miracle on ice take? I just said that the coaches of the Maple Leafs and the Bruins were John and Dean Ellis. I don't think I'm doing anything. At least you put a puck on net. Yeah. One of them could have been named Dean. I feel like Dean's a common hockey Dean Evanson, formerly of the right. Wild. Is that, so Dean Evanson or Dean Nevinson? Neither. Evanson. Evanson. E? Yes. Okay, all right. You're all right. an educated man. I can't I believe it took well, three questions to get there. It's like a, one of those names that like kind of combines well. Okay. Glass. George Glass. George Glass, yeah. Hugh Glass. That was Leo's character in The Revenant. Lexington Steel. Well, I, what does he have to do with this? Just giving names that I think work. Yeah. Well, Leo had a situation with that bear. Either way. Tom Hardy. I love Tom Hardy. Do you think public opinion on Doug Armstrong has shifted this year? I like this. Why, you really? That's what Did I'm... Jamie Rivers give this to you? No. No. He you guys aren't talking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I see him in the hallways and I just, you know. <laughs> Step aside. Yeah. He's lucky I don't drop the gloves. I bet he feels that way. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think perhaps. Uh, I, I don't. I, I, here's the thing. Let me put it to you this way and I'll answer the question. Of course I'm going to answer the question. What am I scared of? <laughs> <laughs> I like when you go into Pesci. <laughs> if John Mazalak, now imagine John Mazalak saying, We are not one of the top teams in the National League, even though internally Cardinal fans are going, Cardinals are one of the top teams in the National League. Just imagine him saying, We're not one of the top teams in the National League. Our goal is to get to where the Dodgers and the Braves. Then the Phillies, and I guess now we say Diamondbacks, even though I'm still not sold on that, even though I know they won the pennant, but that'll get me going on the playoff format. So uh, our goal is to get to their level, and this year, who knows? You know, maybe you get in the playoffs and we make a run, which is, uh, but we want to see our guys start to develop, which is what Doug Armstrong said in mid-October. Do you agree with that premise, or am I building off a premise that you don't agree with? I'm with you. I'm with you. And then, now, Ali Marmol is to Craig Berube as to me and height. Craig Berube, beloved in St. Louis, Ali Marmol didn't have a whole lot of positive equity in the market this time last year, even though he was coming off a division championship. But people still were upset about game one against the Phillies. And then it trended down very quickly, the Tyler O'Neill thing. Some people were irritated by that, and then the season got away, and then even more people were irritated by him. So my point being, it's not apples to apples, because people in St. Louis loved Craig Berube, and they always will, and people in St. Louis don't necessarily have that affection for Ali Marmol. But with that said, just to try to draw a parallel here, Jackson, then John Mazalak acknowledging that the team's not very, you know, is going to be a middle-of-the-road team. And then when the team two months into the season is a middle-of-the-road team, he whacks Ali Marmol, who, let's say, was really popular and won a World Series with the Cardinals, because that's what Berube did uh, with the Stanley Cup in 2019. People be going, what the hell's Mazalak doing? Well, that's what happened with Doug Armstrong. But I think with Doug Armstrong... 
I do think a lot of the hate on Mazalek is just personality based. I really do. But again, it's like kind of calling attention to, oh, you don't like to talk about golf because it's socioeconomic and it's awkward for you. But that, I mean, I got to tell you what I think. This is also, I know it's not, I know it's, but yeah, if he, like he didn't wear a cardigan sweater tied around his neck, you know, and he used like simpler words. I don't think he would get as much hate. Yeah. But taking that out of the equation, it would be tough to argue with like the overall moves Armstrong's made over the last decade. And don't get me wrong, you've got some you got some bad ones out there too. It's not like this is perfection. But then you look at the moves that the Cardinals have made. So I think Armstrong has more equity, and that's what it comes down to. But you know, you want to point out a bad Cardinal contract, take your pick of one of the past or one of the current. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what other personalities are saying or, or writing. I feel like it's pretty obvious. I'm outspoken on what I think of the Cairo situation. And I think it is a major problem for the organization, not because I think he's necessarily a major problem as an individual because of the contract he has as a guy who I don't think is going to live up to that deal. Uh, and you're just at the beginning of it. Well, he gave that to him and at the time when that was given to him, I remember thinking, God, it's a little surprising to me because it's kind of clear Barubian on board with him. That doesn't mean in the NHL, especially, you gear your roster toward your coach's preferences. But that told you something, especially in the NHL, if a coach is kind of hinting at a guy's effort individually. Yeah. And because that isn't usually the way it goes there. Uh, they'll call out the team's effort or, you know, in particular, you know, the power play tonight just didn't have the, you know, what we wanted. Pop. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think that move in particular, and I think Cairo, another year of, oh boy, one game's good, five games aren't. People are going, okay, I wonder, I wonder about this thing. Uh, here's the thing, though. We're talking about Doug Armstrong and his approval rating a week before the trade deadline, so it'd kind of be like talking about Mazalak, right, at, you know, July 31st. So I'm anxious to see what he does. I'll tell you this, as much as I would love to see him trade Buchnevich in, in Cairo or Buchnevich or Cairo, I suppose I would rather him see trade Cairo. Um, I know a lot of people will be pissed if they do that, you know, mm-hmm. but I think it's the right move. Yeah. So it's he's in a tough spot in that sense, but it's the right move. And... Um, I'd expect Buchnevich to be traded. I'd be really surprised. I know. Same. I know. I, I'm not trying to mess around with you. I just. I know you don't follow it that closely. But I just. I just. I have no idea why they wouldn't, unless they're like, okay, we are going to sign you, and we are going to trade Cairo, but we're just not doing it at the deadline. We'll do it in the off season. Yeah. And so if that's the mindset, then that would make sense. So if they don't do that. anything in the deadline, do you think that's where they're going? Oh, I, I think they'll definitely do something. But as far as like the the, the big Buch- the yeah. big one yeah. being Buchnevich. And then who knows on Cairo? I'm not expecting Cairo at the deadline, but I am expecting Cairo at some point soon. Um, yeah, I just, I, 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 it's just not his. They, they're not. In the, they don't hold serve. The Cardinals like to hold serve, and I think this market's tired of the holding serve thing. Proactive versus reactive. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, the Cardinals were proactive with the free agent signings this year. They just were free agent signings that people were going, "What in the world?" For, for example, I don't know how. What is it? 11 o'clock already? It's 11, 12. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I got a break, but there's a, uh, you know what? I'll use it as a tease. Let's do it. There's a letter to Ken Rosenthal today asking about the Cardinals and Jordan Montgomery. I'll tell you what Ken Rosenthal says coming up <laughs> on Balloon Party. 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
This is the Lombardi 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett. And Jackson has had a hockey-centric survey to start today's balloon party. Really kind of throwing a, a breaking ball. Uh, but here we're going to uh, read a little letter to Ken Rosenthal on The Athletic, Jackson. All right. And uh, for Cardinal fans who were perhaps hoping that the Cardinals would be uh, having a conversation with Jordan Montgomery and then maybe Montgomery would be apt to take a deal like what Cody Bellinger did with the Cubs. Ken Rosenthal gets a question from what appears to be a Cardinal fan. Otherwise, it would be uh, a little strange. Um, and uh, Jackson, uh, Ken Rosenthal, when asked if uh, Montgomery would take a deal like that to pitch for the Cardinals this year, uh, he says Montgomery does not really want to go back to St. Louis. I was surprised to hear that. Yeah, a little bit, but I can also understand not being, even if it's all business and it almost always is, a team that trades you away, you might have some some sour thoughts on it. I don't know. Maybe he didn't enjoy his time as much here in St. Louis. I don't know how you couldn't. We live in a, this is a, a booming metropolis in my mind. Wow. What? I mean, I can't even be candid anymore. Yeah, it's just, it's, I, it's, I picked up the sarcasm. And you know what? I know some people say our best days are behind us. Oh, here comes a load. <laughs> I'm sure you've said that before. Oh, look at this. But I say our best days are in front of us. <laughs> so to Jordan Montgomery's persona yeah, on Grotto right. with me. That's right, yeah. He's not welcome. We don't we didn't want him anyways. Right. We want Stephen Matz, baby, a guy who wants to be here. <laughs> the headline, I'm telling you, <laughs> that, if I'm ever on a high, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know what, things are looking up. I go to the Post Dispatch Sports page, and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. And it's in the front page story today was Cardinals have their reasons for going slowly with or yeah, deliberately with Stephen Matz. I'm yeah. going, oh boy, yeah. what. An- what in the world? That just eases all of our minds. When they're being deliberate. Here's the Billikens in Rhode Island preview. What do we got with Missouri and Ole Miss? Oh, God. I say our best days are in front of us. <laughs> this is like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there it is. Uh, Ken Rosenthal says Montgomery and coming here because they don't want to come here. Yeah. So deal with that, Jackson. What's your uh, next? You've got this hockey-centric question. Yeah, you want to? Yeah, I got I got uh, two more actually to finish out the. Uh, wow, look at you! The hockey moment. Did here. Rivers lift you up and throw you against the wall? I don't think he's got the thigh strength for all that. I'm a lot of man. I wish he was here at this time, and that door swings open. Oh, I listen. This look at this hand. Is it shaking at all? Not no, even a little. It isn't. Not even a little. I think it would if that door swung open. Nah, I'd be. I think Stalter could pack more of a punch for like doing like fighter rankings. Maybe Marshy is being found a fighter ranking. Marshy's got a lot of reach. All right. Yeah, he would be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. I get Rocky on that big head of his. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm wasting time. For the Blues, what do you think has been their biggest regret over the last five years? The biggest regret? Ship it. I don't even need to tell you. No, you know this. I, I know where you're going to go, but there's some others that would be in contention. Well, that's great, but you asked me for the biggest one. Okay. So you could go outside of the obvious one. What would some others be? But, I mean, let's make sure we're on the same page here. Jordan Kyrie's contract. 
No. Okay. Oh. All right. So this is a point for Jackson here. No, because you gave the wrong answer. I can't give you a point. David Perron. This isn't CBC. Uh, no. Okay. Then this is this is means it's a good question. No, this means you don't have any knowledge of what's going on with the organization. Both can be true. Both can be true. <sighs> Let me just open up the text inbox and make sure that we're on the same page here with everything. <laughs> Petrangelo. Yeah, it's giving him to Edmonton. <laughs> <laughs> giving him to Edmonton in the Eric Brewer trade. That's what it was. Okay. No. That 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 was the moment. All right. That was the moment. What do you like scare like okay? What do you like what, well, what is your I, counterpoint? I, I think it's well, it's pretty clear that I'm not as much in the right. know. But yeah, but like you're like the Cairo I'm like, no, I think I think there are plenty of blues fans who are good with that, actually. And I think also some Blues fans are like, yeah, they were in a spot there and it wasn't. But I think if they could go back, that was the moment. And, you know, and I also think that, and I have to tell you, I mean, when you're aggressive, sometimes you're not going to win the pot. Sometimes you shove on the flush draw and you don't hit that ace of spade on the river, Jackson. But it was the right mathematically. It was the right mathematically. And we're not results-oriented in this show, nor do we kink shame. Okay. Nor do we know who coaches the Bruins or people. They don't, they don't coach in St. Louis. But we do know who coaches the Timberwolves. Ooh. Oh, wow. Top seed? Number two seed? You don't know him? Nice Hold show on. prep. Hold on. I don't know. Um, used to be Flip Saunders' son, but he got ousted. I know that. Anyway, that's not what anybody wants to hear about. I've distracted Jackson enough to be able to finish this answer. And here is the answer. Oh, yeah, I'm a real, I'm a real <laughs> Achilles heel on this one. <laughs> here is the deal. Chris Finch. There it is. Everybody in the audience knew it. All you knew was proving it. I like the aggression, but the Tory Krug insta-ship thing like, what, 24 hours after Petrangelo signed with, before he decided to go to Edmonton with the Vegas Golden Knights. I was just like, that one, I was just like, oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like in the moment, I was like that. Right. I kind of had the sense that Petrangelo was gone, but then I was like, oh, wow. And again, it's not personal. It's just like, I just felt like there was a little emotion involved in that. Right. And I think it was on both sides. And I doubt at this point, I don't know, maybe he would. I mean, he just won another cup. Um... But, you know, still spending time in St. Louis, Petrangelo, I don't know. I don't know if they could, like, go back. Would they try to get their way through that and sign an extension? Because it was just a domino effect. Something that wasn't anybody's fault was Jay Bomeister, and then you got Pareko in a spot that I don't think he's necessarily suited for, and he was better paired with Bomeister. But, I mean, and now I'm getting in a situation that was a health situation. That's not anybody's fault. But yeah, I think that's that's the move. I mean, if you're talking about a move that they could wind up hating, the Cairo play, I, I mean, I think that's a debacle. But I think the Petrangelo thing would still stand out as being bigger. Okay. Um, I fear the Cairo contract. Okay. So you think maybe in the future it could be viewed that way, but... I suppose if they keep him and he just winds up doing nothing, mm-hmm. oh my goodness. I mean, he's already got, and you know, there have been issues with him and the fan base this year, as we saw. But it's it, but there were already issues there before that even happened with the Baruby comments. And it's about consistency. It's about a perception of not playing a 200-foot game. So, you know, if you got that on the books, 
you got to get return on that. And sure. if it ain't going to happen, that's a problem. And that's why I circle it. Hey, man, I'd love to be wrong on that thing. I would love to be wrong on that thing. Because they're hitting on Robert Thomas. So it's not like I'm an anti-long-term contract guy. Robert Thomas looks like you're going to get return and then some. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And then the Perron one would be more of a micro one. I don't think with David Perron, all of a sudden the Blues go from where they were last year to a playoff team. But... In particular on that one, that set the stage for fans' consternation in the 2022-2023 season with uh, fans going, why wouldn't they bring back David Perron? And then the team just is a mess right from the get-go. But as far as you're talking about a big long-term effect that could impact the decade of the 20s, it's Alex Petrangelo. So that's where I am on that. And I feel pretty good about that answer. But maybe, maybe you feel passionately about Mm, I don't. Yeah, there's passion and ice hockey do not go together in my mind. But do you have a final question in this blues survey that you're yeah, dazzling yeah, the yeah. audience with? Cardinals coming up next, but I got one last question okay, for the blues one. Favorite sweater? <laughs> no, even though I think we all know where I'm at on that. Where are you on that? The old navy blue one that they used to wear that they got rid of. With oh, the, I thought you were going to go like an NHL team. Oh, Maple Leafs. Okay, coached I, I by Dean Ellis. Dean Ellis, of course. Um, my final question is definitely. Do you think the Blues look right now had they been able to finish the 2020 season as normal? Had the 2020 season been played as normal, how different do you think the last couple of years play out? God, I kind of like this question. I don't know on that. Because I feel like the domino effect from that in particular, because they were really good 2020. Before. I know, but I don't know. I don't know if that changes like the situation, which I was just talking about. Bo Meester had just happened. Uh, not to say he'd be playing now, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know on that. I don't know. I don't know if, if the strategy is different. I mean, this is a team that was on the precipice of beating what I think is one of the best T- Stanley Cup winners we've seen in the 21st century. They really were. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that Saturday night in Bennington and Kadri is a that's a defining moment. I I know plenty of people attach malice to it. I was more irritated when Craig Berube somehow became a bigot because of his post-game comments, because I don't know if Kadri had malice, but I know he had history with the Blues and other people throughout the game. Um, and then Craig Berube makes that observation, and the next thing you know, he's getting hit with crap. But, uh, you know, that's that's the Blues is battling a Stanley Cup winner, and that, was, that wasn't long ago. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, the 2020 season, that was a great team. And uh, that that's super unfortunate the way to play it out. I just don't know how much changes as far as what the makeup of the roster is now in 2024. If anything, it might have been tougher to get rid of some of those guys. Yeah, yeah. If they went on another Riley Tarasenko, yeah. you know. But maybe the relationship with Tarasenko would have been better. But Tarasenko is about to move again here in the next week, so it's not like he's you know found a home somewhere and and shine bright yet so I don't know I, I don't know I mean I just know Blues fans feel like that team could have made it back to back it was good enough to make it back to back and that's why that really sucks uh, that uh, the season shut down when it did 10.33 in St. Louis time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers Jackson pivots to a Cardinal survey uh, coming up in the second half of Balloon Party here on 101 ESPN. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms 
platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Ian McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you into the top of the hour. We want to go back and podcast the first half of the show in which Jackson threw a breaking ball, freezing the audience with his blues-centric survey. Uh, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast uh, on the 101 ESPN app and uh, the TMASTL app. It's there for you as well. Jackson, uh, now you're switching to the Cardinals here for your survey. Yeah, well, pre, uh, you know, uh, we'll be... First pitch for the season in L.A. will be uh, pretty soon. So nice. Well figured, said. Well, thank you. Um, figured that we answer some questions about this very ball club. Which Cardinal are you most confident in in performing optimally in 2024? Oh, nice question. I like the question. It's tougher than you think. Now, you can be most confident. I like that a lot. Uh, you can be most confident in them and still not consider yourself confident. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a it's a relative scale. I'm going to go Nolan Arnado. That was my answer as well. I feel like it's chalk, but I got to give the audience what I think, and that's what I think. Yeah, but who else can you, like, with facts behind it, definitively say, like, I am confident in them, and not just a feeling? Like Sonny Gray, but this is a new team, new division he's going to be playing, new opponents. I feel pretty good about Sonny Gray, but I mean, as far as who I'm most confident in, I would go Nolan Arnato. Um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, I, I, I still think, you know, you kind of got some floors on guys. That's why there aren't any real decisions of you know position player rotation substance going on at spring training so therefore there has to be some semblance of a floor i suppose mason Wynn doesn't have a major league floor yet but i'd just be shocked if he just couldn't make the adjustment after a couple of months in the major leagues and just looks like he's flailing so yeah i'm going arnado jackson yeah i realize is odd in the sense that he's coming off a down year but i don't know i just that's where i'm gonna go there uh i saw an <clears throat> an Instagram reel this morning saying we need to bring back villain Nolan Arenado and it was like a compilation put over a hip hop song where he's getting all fired up at the pitcher with the thing with the Cubs a couple of years ago mm-hmm. uh, back when he was the Rockies charging the mound screaming at people I maybe want, that's the guy you're going to get I want that's he feels like I want. he's on a mission this that's year that's who I want. I want I want him holding nothing back uh, next question I have for you, Tim. If the Cardinals were in the East or West division of the National League, do you think they would have handled the offseason differently? Uh, yes, I do. Um, I don't know how aggressive they would be comfortably comfortable being financially with the situation they have, but I, and that, I always go back to the television thing, but... Uh, since they are relying on attendance revenue this year with the uncertainty with the television revenue, they're counting on the team being competitive. And I would be surprised if this team would win the National League East or the National League West. And yet, if I had to bet, I would say they're going to win the National League Central. So that's a weird position to be in, which shows you the discrepancy between the divisions. Yeah. Yep. Which of the younger players do you think will make the biggest impact this season? For younger, I'll say Newt Bar and below. Uh, I'm going to go with Mason Wynn. This is my answer as well. Really? I, I was know. I was actually torn between Wynn and Gorman. So Jordan Walker not being in there is 
maybe something to think about. But I think Gorman, well, I certainly thought about him, but I I just I I think when I don't know I'm just I don't know I just I, I think maybe because of offensively it was bad in the handful of games he played last year that maybe it's kind of being overlooked and then you have the Edmund question mark and then there's Crawford there at that position but I don't think that that's anything but because of the Edmund situation um, I just think there's so much raw ability there that he is going to be a fan favorite he's got so much speed like that's something I don't feel like we've had in a while with some of the position players like good players don't get me wrong are not on goalie are great players they're not getting you a lot of stolen bases mason win i saw he hit a double either yesterday or the day before and he got the second base and just no time yeah. flat like he can move he's so dynamic in the field and i think if he can hit for average he's going to be really lethal so I, i'm on the same page with you i also think gorman could be like a 35 plus home run guy year in and year out so i like those two same question i had for you on the blues but i'm gonna ask you about the cardinals what do you think the cardinals biggest regret is over the last five years ah. This is this. I don't have the Petrangelo one coming to mind right away, so I'm going to phone a friend, and my friend is you. What do you think the answer is? Because I'm not having anything immediately come to mind. I think firing Mike Schilt. Oh, I don't think they. They don't think that. I know that. Well, I don't say I know that. I feel confident that they don't view it that way. I don't. I mean, I haven't come up with an answer, so <laughs> me just crapping on yours <laughs> is, is, is is sports talk radio. Yeah, it but, is. It's a really, but, that's the internet. It's like, <laughs> let me crap yeah, on you exactly. and I'll provide nothing. Uh, but... It's a tough one. I don't want, I don't want to say... I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not coming up... I'm also cheating by uh, not signing Bryce Harper. Somebody said, I don't know if they were ever really seriously looking at that. Um... Trading for Ozuna predates five years, but we're getting a few trading for Ozunas. I think that's there's a little of revisionist history on that, honestly. Just because well, in what capacity? They needed the offense badly, and he provided the offense when he was here. Um, yeah, but you got to think about who they traded to get him. Yeah, no, I get, but uh, but at the time, you have to think like no, I, I, I did, but I mean, I I, I was. Kind of, I was there, but I mean, I was. Derek Gould would come on and do like a. We'd do like two-hour conversations on the podcast. I mean, we would go deep, and and hey, man, he knew the Cardinals wanted Yelich. That's who they wanted more than Stanton, who they did trade for, but Stanton didn't want to come here. Um, and then it's like, okay, the Marlins are doing this fire sale deal. I guess we'll take Ozuna because they're not going to trade Yelich. And then, like a month later, they traded him the Brewers. Um, but it's who they traded to get him. I was listening to a Zach Gallon interview this week. He was on a golf podcast. He plays a bunch out in Arizona with Colt Nost. And he grew up a Cardinal fan, yeah. even though I think he's a Jersey guy. Uh, I remember but, something about And he that. went to North Carolina. Right. And he's just like, yeah, anytime I get a chance to pitch against him, I want to shove it up their backsides because that means they didn't believe in me. Hey, whatever. I mean, the Cardinals obviously wish <laughs> that they would still have... Uh, Zach Gallon. Yeah, someone just texted the, the right answer. I'm afraid. What is? Yeah, I, I feel like I'm missing an obvious. What is it? Trading Randy Rosarena. Th- that's that's where I was actually going. I know I could say that now, but that, that's where I, that's where I was going. The thing is, I guess that still is within five years, but it's yeah. it's it's getting close to being outside of that, and that was the 2019 playoffs. Um, that was just. The, here's the reason why that bothers me as much as it does. 
because it was an innocent mistake, and then, and I guess maybe they feel like I feel like people would have understood, even though they would have been irritated, going, "Hey, he made a mistake and it embarrassed our manager." I don't know. I don't know how you. I don't know how you handle it, but I just they've said that that wasn't the reason he was traded, but. Man, at this point, don't you want to say it was the reason yeah, of the trade? Really. Holy crap! It's only going to hurt your talent. Yeah, I, mean, I, should, to, I still feel like there's got to be like a signing that they that that was worse than that. Yeah, I actually think on the Mozuna thing, I think the bigger mistake is never really replacing his offensive production. Ever since he's left, I guess Jordan Walker has been the guy to replace, but that came from inside the clubhouse, like inside the organization. They've never really replaced what Marcelo Zuna did at the plate in the outfield. Uh, no one will say a word about Rosarena if uh, Libby takes off in the next year or two. Yeah, I'm just going to disagree with that uh, because Randy Rosarena at this point has proven it at the major league level and been pretty damn consistent at the major league level since then. And that is now five years worth. And hey, that's not to say Libertor won't. But at the very least, we know what we do have, and that is the tangible data on what Randy Rosarena has done. So, you know, if anything, it'll be like, for example, if you can take yourself back to when the Cardinals acquired Jordan Montgomery and Harrison Bader wasn't even playing for the Yankees in New York, they were freaking out because Montgomery came over here and he was dealing like Cy Young caliber stuff. Plus, he shut out the Yankees uh, like his first, perhaps first start in St. Louis uh, against New York. And then Bader gets healthy and plays, and then he becomes like a postseason hero for the Yankees. And it was a case where both fan bases, I think, okay, that worked, you know. Mm-hmm. I still, even if Libertor goes off, it's going to take a lot of going off for people to forget about a Rose Rain. And again, I think a lot of that is because it wasn't a baseball thing. Yeah, yeah, it avoidable. Was, it, it, was avoidable. It, it was an Instagram Live that the Cardinals said it wasn't an Instagram Live. And I guess, hey, maybe they're being honest. I just don't. Personally, I yeah. wish I could bet hook, that. Hook me up to a lie detector, I'm going to tell you. I, I wish I could that. bet that. All right, we'll break. Uh, final segment coming your way as we continue the Cardinal survey here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you here on the program. Jackson, you have been uh, administering surveys today. They have been glorious. You have time for maybe two questions before BK and Ferrario come in. Top of the hour. Sure. Keeping it going on this little Cardinal survey. Why not? What do you think is more likely? The Cardinals win the Central or Ali Marmol gets fired at some point during the season? And to be fair, both could happen. Cardinals win the Central. All right. All right. I think there's a possibility that both happen. Well, I agree with you. As you know, I operate solely in percentages. Arbitrary sometimes. Very. Um, I've been compared to Taylor from Billions. Um, Hairstyles. Hairstyles. Look. Demeanor. uh, Demeanor. (laughs) Demeanor. A motionless bot. (laughs) (laughs) Unrelatable to all. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. of course, both can happen. I just, I just think that it's, the central sucks so bad, <laughs> you know. And it's just, it's so we could be in an awkward spot. There was, there was a year in particular I remember 
when I'm like, okay, they're winning, but look who they're beating. And then it's like, it doesn't matter who they're major league teams. I'm like, but I think they've only played the Pirates, like the Globetrotters and Generals. We have to look at this. And then there were, and I, I tell you, I can actually remember which year it was, 2004. If you look at baseball reference in the 2004 Cardinals, they started off somewhat sluggishly, but if you were watching all the games, and I went to all the home games, that was my gig that year for television. Uh, like even, you know, I would work seven day weeks. It didn't matter. So that's what I was doing, which was super fun to do, especially considering that team, the timing was great, but they started off slowly. But if you were watching it closely, you could tell they had it. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't go, they're going to win 105 games, but you could tell. So a lot of it is you'll get, a, you'll get a sense for it early on. I mean, there was a soundbite from Ali Marmol, I think some point in April last year when the Cardinals lost a game and he goes, this loss will help us in September. <laughs> and it just, and now it sounds ridiculous, but I have to tell you, it kind of sounded weird in in April of last year. I think it was a day game against San Francisco or something. They had been swept. And clearly at that point he was just grasping. So yeah, he absolutely could get fired. I'm just saying, man, if if he gets fired, it's... It's like a self-indictment of the front office because he's their guy. Yeah. So, yeah. And they've done, they've had some self-indictments. That's the thing. Ever since LaRusa left, there's yeah. been a lot of self-indictments in the manager's position. So I just, but if you go, what, what I think is more likely, I think win it's the, the Cardinals winning the Central. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on and that. And it's the least enthusiastic I've been about a Cardinal division winner, perhaps in my career. Yeah. But, you know. I am excited about the season. I will be. I'll well, be sure. Honest. I'm looking forward to the season, but if I'm looking at it through the lens of do I think this team can be a great regular season team, it would really surprise me. As mm-hmm. a St. Louis and a Cardinal fan, I'll certainly be pulling for them. But if I don't see it, I'll also say it, even if it's not a popular opinion. There you go. There you go, Jackson. Uh, my final question, and it's not in the Cardinal survey, is a quick hitter. Oh wow. Sometimes these are the best questions, and they come in at 10.57. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers. Who would be the guest you would most want to talk to that isn't an athlete or a sports this adjacent? such a great question. This is more of a Tim McKernan Show podcast question. Yeah, yeah. So the guest you would most want to talk to that isn't an athlete or sports adjacent personality, but you still talk about sports. Uh, all right, what's your answer? Buying time, man, I'm curious. Uh, Larry David. Talk about sports. It's a nice answer. It's yeah. a great answer. Yeah, you talk golf. Although I heard him on with Simmons, and he was just so detached throughout that interview. I think he's like I think that was at the tail, tail end of the curb uh, of the tour, and he was cooked. Man, I hate this because I want to give a great answer. Uh, I also have a second answer, and you—I don't know if you'll pick up on it, but I know some people out there will. Action Bronson. The rapper from Queens. Well, no, I know who he is, but oh, he's got a encyclopedia knowledge of random sports oh, stuff. Okay, all right, and he often puts it into his lyrics. And you I could love have given it. me ten thousand guesses, and I don't think that's where I would go. So this is a non-sports guest, non-sports talk sports, or sports adjacent. But you like get to like shoot the breeze about sports with them on the pod. I got a couple that are just coming to mind. I mean, Seinfeld, even though I'm not a Seinfeld guy, it's only because I haven't watched it, mm-hmm. uh, which is really weird, but I was in college and it's, you know, when you're not like sitting in front of the TV yeah. uh, on Thursday nights in Columbia, Missouri. Um, but I know he's a huge Mets fan. Yep. Uh, 
Artie Lang through the lens of the insanity along with the degenerate gambling. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was doing show with him, he, he was asking me questions about going to Missouri. I mean, he's from New York and he didn't care one way or the other, but he was like, boy, it had to be great to be going to a school where you, you, know, you got a big football program, a big basketball program. It would be so much fun. I don't know what the, you know, what the crap we have here. I, you know. It's a really good argument. Is that, is that, was that good? Yes. It sounds like him. <laughs> yeah, we're just BSing. So that'd be one, but I'm sure I can, let me see. Let's There's go a couple of really good answers up in here. Yeah, I was about to say, I bet Bill Murray's a nice player. See that. I don't know how great of an interview he would be. He's not exactly. Yeah. John Hamm, I have uh, interviewed, and that guy loves sports. Uh, John Hamm is a nice play. College football with Elvis? <laughs> just say Sydney Sweeney. It's a good answer. Always a good answer. Uh, She's in the cars. What's that? She like fixes cars. She's like really. Oh, is that cars. right? Yeah. She like restored like a. Uh, Sydney Sweeney, Casey Musgraves, Saturday Night Live tomorrow. Yeah. And now let me make this crystal clear. I'm a man in love, and I would never soil the sanctity of my marital vows. Yeah, you're Marty Monogamy. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. I actually said that in my marital vows. <laughs> but let's say both Sydney Sweeney and Casey Musgraves were interested in you, and you, of course, are a man in love right now, and it's wonderful it to is. see. And I know it all is. the ladies in the audience are disappointed, yeah. but... You were you were given that option. Which direction are you going? I've been. Uh, you're going Queen Sid, yeah, for the longest. I've really I, this this Casey Musgraves, and here's the thing. Obviously, both are beautiful, yeah. but I kind of her vibe. Yeah, I'm kind of on that that vibe with her. Yeah, now, something's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I, and I think she's looking answer. for. A 47-year-old married father of two who does a one-hour right. midday show in St. Louis. But he tells you how it is. Yeah, but he, he'll tell you how it is. <laughs> the media in this town is soft. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Yep, yep. That's what she, that's, oh my God. Yep. That's what I want. <laughs> it's an aphrodisiac. All right, I gotta go. Jackson, uh, have a wonderful weekend. Too, Thank man. you to our listeners for listening, our viewers for viewing. For Jackson, Burkett, I'm Tim McCartan. This has been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.